We, over the last nine months, have been engaging deeply in the Gospel of Matthew. So this morning, we're doing something a little bit different. We are asking for the community to respond as to how Matthew has um, broken into your lives and is speaking into your lives over these last nine months. The church spends a lot of time proclaiming, and we should. We should proclaim frequently. We should also be spending time in narrative, which is telling the stories, sharing our lives, telling the story of what God is doing in our midst. And so this morning we will be doing a fair amount of that. Uh, as this next song plays, you'll see a couple of slides that will show the five key themes that we've uh, covered uh, as we've studied the Gospel of Matthew. You'll see the names of some of the uh, teachings that have taken place over the last nine months. And I would inspire you to ask God's Spirit, which is present in this place, to be present in your heart and in your minds. And think about how these themes and how these different topics have um, spoken to you and changed your heart. And then after this next song, we'll go into various ways of the community sharing their response to this Gospel of Matthew. The first one will be on that theme of relationship. So be thinking about how your relationships have been changed or are different in the light of the gospel. And we'll give you a chance to respond to those. I'm going to say a word of prayer as we continue in our worship here this morning. Jesus, we are so thankful that your blood does make us white as snow. That the good news, Lord Jesus, is that there is no longer any condemnation for those of us who proclaim your name. Jesus, we pray this morning for your story to be told through the people of this community. Lord God, may we be inspired by each other's story. Lord, may we surround each other in the midst of these various stories, whether they're stories of struggle or stories of triumph. God, we invite your spirit to speak to us to teach us, to lead us. And may this all be done today and throughout our lives in a spirit of worship and glorifying your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I had this thought when we were putting these slides together that we would show the lyrics on one side and the five key themes in the name of the messages on the other side. Um, maybe I should write a new software program. Because that didn't happen, did it? So let me remind us of what the five key themes are from Matthew, and uh, we broke these five key themes down in a variety of ways over the last nine months. Those key themes are ethics. God speaks a lot about ethics, and Jesus spoke a lot to ethics, especially in the Sermon on the Mount. The reign of God and God's kingdom. Relationship, how we relate to one another in a variety of contexts. Mission. God's sending us on mission. Go, therefore, and make disciples. We started the very first message on Matthew with the end, which was Jesus telling us to go and to make disciples, baptizing all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. And then eschatology, which covers that end of the age piece. What is coming? And so this morning we'll be um, engaging in a variety of those key themes. Some of the messages that uh, were shared over the last number of months looked specifically at the Beatitudes, the idea of being salt and light in the world, how we manage anger and how we manage our sexuality was discussed, marriage and divorce, those kinds of relationships, 
judging others, this idea of planking, that we need to take the plank out of our own eye before we judge others. Laying up treasures on earth or in heaven and where we should do that. Our anxiety, how we approach anxiety. Ask and given. Ask and you shall receive. The golden rule, knowing yourself. How would you like to be treated? How would you then treat others? God's kingdom, kingdom come, the kingdom of heaven, making disciples, and then a number of parables that we talk through as well. The first thing we're going to give you all a, a time to um, share with the community is on the idea of relationship. And Allison, how many of you know Allison? Yes, Allison is the greatest, one of the greatest people in the world. Um, she's on our staff here, and uh, we love Allison. And so you're going to help us facilitate through the idea of relationship. And I will have the magic microphone. Yeah, I get the pleasure of generally listening to sermons two times because I come here in the morning and then I get to edit them. So um, if you're not on iTunes, check it out because they're on there. Um, So anyway, one of the relationships that really stuck with me, um, kind of as we were going through Matthew, um, was just like relationship. And I know we spent like four or five weeks on it. But the main thing that really kind of impacted me a lot was just the message of like being fulfilled by Christ and not having to like find that like in friendships or whether you're married or single or whatever or that space in between I think is what Kevin and Russ called it. But yeah, just being fulfilled in Christ and like the freedom in that and um so I just think like the last couple of months is just like stepping into that and finding the freedom of Christ and um being fulfilled by him and just being full like in him and not trying to find that somewhere else and pursuing that in other ways has just been um really uh moving for me just as I step into that and I just see how um leaning into that has definitely impacted like my other relationships or friendships or just even how I create relationships um it's been really cool just to see like kind of how I view other people and um like knowing that I'm full in Christ and then seeing that like how I would love that to be in other people and just kind of, yeah, like how I get out there and and interact with other people, even if I don't know them already. Um, It's really easy for me to love the people that I love, but it's harder for me to love the people that uh, I maybe don't. Um, And um, yeah, but it's been really cool and just really like mind-changing and life-changing. It's been really neat to step into that. Yeah, so I just challenge you just to, I don't know, take some quiet time. I really like relished in quiet time. Um, I used to fall asleep during quiet time, but um, (laughs) we've progressed past that. But quiet time is a great way just for me to just, um, yeah, be still and and really um, lean into the fullness that I needed to find. So anyway, that was my message from the relationship series. Um, And I think what we're going to do now is have a time of sharing. So um, through, I think, what are some of the titles? The marriage. Oh, yeah. Um, they were up on on screen. So whether it be the marriage or the divorce or the dating or the space in between or uh, even the outsiders and stuff, we would love to hear from you things that maybe have impacted you relationship-wise um, as we have read through Matthew. So Jeff has got the microphone in the back, and we would love to walk around and hear some things um, from the community. And maybe whether it was intentional or not intentional, but things you've been seeing in your life relationally. I loved this series this couple weeks that you were talking about on marriage and divorce and the in-between space. And um, it was very, I don't even know how to explain it, but I'm directly affected by divorce. And um, 
it was nice to be in a church where um, you guys kind of said, so what? Um, we're going to put your arms around you and um, love you like God loves you. And so I just don't know how much to tell you guys that um, that week or those weeks really meant a lot to me. Um, and my small group was around hugging me the whole time because it was hard for me to even get through those weeks at this listening to the sermons and just being really um, touched by new community itself. So I want to thank you and I want to thank you guys because I grew close to like Rochelle and everything with coffee dates and everything. So directly affected me and I really appreciate it. Thank you. I don't know what my wife was going to say, but I'll try to channel her in a second. (laughs) Friday night, my wife and I got to go to a memorial service for a dear friend who I've known for about 40 years. Um, She was 85, um, a member of the church that I attended in Portland. I met this lady when I was 17 or 18 and starting to be in Young Life leadership. And she and her husband were just cheerleaders and prayer warriors and fundraisers and the most hospitable, energetic, wonderful, loving people I've ever known in my life. And years ago, Danielle and I decided that this couple, you know, this, these were the role models that we wanted to be like. And we, we're not there. Um, but people with just incredible love of Christ, love of other people, hospitality, openness, um, it's just it's hard to hard to say how just lovely they were and she lived well and strong until she got sick um, not very long before she passed away um, but a, a remarkable thing about going to this service was that there were probably 500 people there who all felt the same and a, a dear friend of mine was one of the people who, they, they kept control on it because if they'd said, okay, everybody wants to say something, say something, we'd still be there. Um, so they had a few people share. One was a close buddy of mine from back in my young life leading days, and he got up and described me and him and a bunch of other people as, you know, some of Flossie's projects. Um, and it was just, it was a remarkable thing to be embraced by so many people who were so tied together and so tied to somebody who loved well through her whole life. And, you know, it's just, so how this ties to Matthew, you know, I guess um, making disciples, being true to each other, being true to Christ, being, you know, per- having that perseverance, running the race, um, and then joy at the end that um, you know, we are absolutely have no doubt about um, the eternal home of our friend. Great, thanks. So that's what I was going to talk about. And uh, basically, here's the deal. Uh, Flossie, I was thinking about it when we were actually there because I thought, you know, she has kind of embodied Matthew. Now, you've got to understand something. Flossie could be abrasive. She was direct and honest. 
and very loving. And she said things like, major on the majors. Um, she used to say, everybody, You're, that is just one of my favorite people. And everybody in that room thought they were one of Flossie's favorite people. Uh, she, she just, um, I, I would like people to say about me, you laughed a lot. She laughed a lot. She laughed about everything. She laughed about herself. She, she just um, was, was pretty honest. One of the things is that uh, her daughter was fairly freaked out because of something somebody had done to her. And Flossie said, you know, Chris Ann, don't worry about it. Everybody's weird. You know, we just all do weird things about each to each other, and, and it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what the plank thing is, and sin and forgiveness. And so um, I'm hoping that, that I'm a little more like that as I go forward, so I'm practicing my laughing. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Keep practicing. It's good. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. An outsider, and um, I just want to say that it has to do with what this church has imparted to my sons, as well as the people that were in, that I have been involved with in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of my sons got married, and there was such beautiful things said about him, and it was so incredible because I knew it was God, and I knew that. Whatever you're doing here, imparting to my sons and to the people involved in the wedding were just so incredible that I'm just awesomely blessed. And I just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for um, helping my sons uh, to grow in the Lord in such a special way. I've been uh, coming here for, wow, this is really loud, for quite a while. And um, anyway, uh, this last year for me has been a really... uh, important one where uh, not necessarily the book of Matthew, but just this church, this community, all the people here have just been really amazing to me and really uh, uplifting. And uh, I just wanted to say that God's been doing amazing things this last year. And uh, I want to thank you all for being a part of that and being here to be an encouragement to me and uh, helping me renew my faith in God and trusting him and people more. So thank you. I think uh, the main things that I've been really hit about uh, the series through Matthew is just uh, when we talk about ethics um, and how we are responsible as Christians to a degree of like a moral standing. But um, and so with that like third question, understandings of sin, judgment, and forgiveness been altered. It's one of those things where it kind of realized we we get caught up in in the, do we have the right to approach that person? Okay, how do we approach that person in the right way? Am I failing in the ways that I need to approach that person? And like, like all of that stuff, sin, judgment, and forgiveness, it only really makes sense within the context of uh, the love of Christ. Um, we take sin seriously because of what it did to Christ, putting him on the cross. We take judgment seriously because we are... Ultimately, we're reminding that we are not the judge. And, and we, if you're a Christian, thankfully we don't have to pay because it's already been paid for us. And we take forgiveness seriously because of those first two things. We have forgiveness means so much more. And all of that um, is just amplified by the love of Christ. And we can get caught up in right and wrong and calling people out 
and then have the completely wrong motives and end up in a worse place, even though we think we're doing the right thing. Um, and so I think that's like one of my main takeaways from the whole lesson. My name is Darwin, and we've been coming to church here for a little over two years. And sometimes I feel like my wife and I are the only conservative Republicans here. Uh, <laughs> we go to Bob Riggs's group, and you should hear some of the discussions. <laughs> um, they're just a little bit left, you know. Uh, but uh, we're just a little bit right. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, we can still get along. We're still brothers and sisters. And we're not like the Congress of the United States. We can resolve some things and say, well, we don't agree on this. We go on and we'll still be brothers and sisters. I grew up in a very conservative, narrow group of uh, a church, and I was a minister in that group. And one of the things that we spent a lot of time doing was judging others because we felt like we had all the answers and we had this little narrow path that we were going down and we had it all together. One of the most liberating things that has ever happened to me is the knowledge that I don't have to judge anybody. That is one of the most liberating things that God has blessed me with and this group that I go to and this church has helped me with that process. It's very difficult to get over being judgmental. But um, Bob's working on me, maybe someday. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that you said right and left and not right and wrong. That's good. That's good. That's good. We're going to move into uh, an extended time of greeting right now. Um, so we're going to stand up in just a moment and greet people around you. We're also going to put up a list of questions, though. So after you do your normal meet and greet and hugs and kisses, um, there's going to be some questions on the, uh, on the screen. So grab three or four or five people around you and start answering those questions. Um, and then we're going to continue on with worship. So go ahead. Hopefully you had some time to be in good discussion with some others over that extended greeting time about ethics and what Jesus proclaimed to us on the Sermon on the Mount and those who are um, in the process of inheriting the kingdom. Buckets are being passed around now to receive the morning's tithes and offerings. Um, God bless you as you give and as this place continues to be a place about mission, we see in Matthew and the other Gospels that Jesus calls and he sends. And he tells us as the church to be called, to respond to his call that he's given to us. Then we are equipped and we are sent. So we're going to spend a few moments now looking at this theme of mission. There uh, is a couple with us this morning, Matt and Stephanie. Uh, who are going to come up and share for a bit. Um, they have been a part of this community, and they have been called and sent. And so they're coming up to uh, share with us for a bit about how they're making disciples and have been sent out into the world. Okay. Hi, you guys. Um, so we are Matt and Stephanie Filippini. We were a part of New Community for many years. Um, so, yeah, so those of you that is kind of like a homecoming for us, which is great. Um, but like um, 
we were told or introduced, we actually were called unexpectedly out of state a year ago, actually July 4th. And Matt's going to tell you where we were headed. But actually, it's been a really struggling time for us this last year, but really um, growing. And we knew we were a couple that wanted to go into mission of some sort, whether it be overseas, which I totally was for, because that's where my heart is, because I've been over there. And I was like, that would be great, you know, if you brought us overseas, bring us somewhere cool. Well, we ended up where, honey? Um, just out of curiosity, here's a question for you. Uh, what is the fastest growing state in the United States? Utah. Oh, dang it, you got it. <laughs> Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, we uh, uh, last year, about one year and a month ago, uh, I actually stood up in front of you guys and told you that I lost my job, and we were praying for uh, some place uh, for me to work and live and survive. And it just happened that Salt Lake City hired both of us, and we work at phenomenal high schools. Um, but our experience there has been nothing short of eye-opening. Um, we had a video prepared, but we we were asked to do this instead, so I'm going to go off some of my notes. Um, one of the things we found was getting laid off is awesome because it allows, it allows you to listen to God and rely on him and let him move you um, in whatever direction. Um, and we found that when you do let him move you, amazing things happen. Um, I never really thought that I would ever leave Spokane. We were happy here. I was actually looking around. I went to kindergarten with Bryce over here. Uh, yeah, wave, Bryce. I like embarrassing him. Uh, went to Shadle, went to Eastern Washington University. I did Young Life at Medical Lake in Cheney High School with this crazy guy. Um, taught up at Riverside High School. I mean, I was f- firmly planted here, but when you let God move you, amazing things happen. Um, just to let you guys know where we're at, um, anybody ever seen the show Sister Wives? We live five, we live ten minutes north of where they used to live. I teach polygamous children. Guess what they're like? They're crazy teenagers. Just like the rest of us. Yeah. I'm a stats guy. Just to let you know about the state of Utah, 2% Christianity. 10%, although uh, Catholic, 39% absolutely nothing, 49% LDS. And the 39%, what we're finding from stories, is most of them have been burned by that 49%. Um, It it is a culture that you're told you need to be perfect, and everything's perfect on the outside, but everything on the inside we've seen is hurting. Um, So I think the biggest eye-opener for us was the fact that we were minorities for the first time ever. You know, like in a lot of states, Christianity is the norm. You know, nobody really questions why you go to a non-denominational church or a Protestant church or something. There, I mean, the third question we're asked, you know, in the grocery store line or whatever is, are you LDS? And we say, no. (laughs) And they look at us like, well, why? And we're like, then you get into that conversation, which is actually pretty cool because we've been on mission trips and stuff where it's usually us starting those awkward conversations to get into a spiritual type thing, and they do it for us. So it's kind of a blessing. But <laughs> but really, it, it kind of it startled us a little bit to actually have all of our, you know, ducks in a row and actually be in the Word and actually, you know, be prepared for those conversations because they will go at you for sure. It's a huge spiritual warfare battle that we, you know, challenge us every day. Our students ask us all the time. It's... It's kind of bizarre. It's a totally different world. So that's kind of. Uh, the most amazing part about living there is we've never seen the Bible lived out more 
than being down there. Uh, you talk about, Paul says, hey, you need to live like the people you're living with, whether you're with the Jews, the Gentiles, it doesn't matter. Live like they do, but keep your, keep your beliefs, keep your theology. One thing we're talking about is, well, maybe we should put down drinking coffee and maybe not having a beer once a week or something um, because it, it allows them to be like, oh, they're just like us. Um, because it's one of those things that we, we've been asked by a lot of people, when are you moving back? And we feel, we know God's called us there, and we know it's at least to make any difference whatsoever, a 10-year investment. Maybe not 30 years. But we're, we're actually... <laughs> well, and the reason he says 10 years is because any of you guys that have had, you know, LDS friends or been around the Mormon church, it is a long process. It's not like you see people, you know, turn to Christ or, you know leave their church right away you have to they have to prove themselves or you have to prove yourself to them so that they trust you enough to actually listen and open up because they don't really feel like they have someone to open up to so as a counselor in a high school um, I feel like God has really given us positions in our high schools that we wouldn't be able to reach those kids that don't feel like they have someone who's on their side who they can talk to um, that won't judge them that won't you know go to their bishop or whatever um, so that's kind of what's brought us to feel like, okay, we miss home, it's nice to visit, it's been refreshing, but we really have a purpose down there that God has called us to. So, One things we found, how, how to reach people, and this, I mean, you guys can use in your own life, and please do. Um, for them, at least, apologetics don't work. I can argue things left and right, but it doesn't work. But what we found that does work is let your light of Christ shine. And confuse them. And Confuse the heck out of them. <laughs> what else we found? Prayer. Every single person we knew that has making the transition from LDS to being Christian, they said it wasn't something they heard. It, it was God changing their heart. Every single person, it's a, they said, God changed my heart. That's why I'm here and I know the truth. Um, Utah needs so much help. We actually found, in prayer, uh, we found out that uh, Campus Crusade for Christ is sending the largest staff in the U.S. to the University of Utah. Twelve people are going there, paid, full staff. We, I mean, we looked at each other, and I, I on the inside, I was crying. I don't really cry that much. Um, but I was so excited. I have one last thing, but do you want to? Okay. okay um, so my, my main theme is uh, let God move you. It might not be pick up and move to Utah or Thailand or somewhere, but just let him move you and amazing things happen. Yeah, so just to, to end, we are part of a um, church plant, which is a, such a blessing also that's actually right down the street from us. Um, and we actually are the fastest growing church plant in the Salt Lake City area, which is pretty awesome. Um, most of them kind of fizzle out, you know, after six months because it's really hard. So we could definitely use prayer there um, for our pastor. For um, We're going to give out an email in the back if you guys want to kind of touch base and hear what's going on in Utah. Um, but also just pray. <laughs> we need it so bad. You know, it's, it's really exhausting ministry. So thanks. I know I'm totally over time. But um, we, we talked, uh, a couple of people asked, oh, can you put up a blog spot? We're actually in the position where if anything were to ever get out of what we're doing, we would be fired quicker uh, than we could blink. Um, so the way this is going to work to spread the word is that we're going to have you guys uh, put your email down if you'd like to get updates from us. 
Uh, we ask that you keep our names from friends, anybody, because things travel quickly, even two states away. Um, that you just keep in mind the area, but please actually don't use our names um, because things come back to us, especially in education. Wow, God bless you guys as you're sent. And we will have a time of community prayer um, here in a few moments too. So we'll definitely be praying over you and your ministry and your safety and God's wisdom as you live out your faith. Uh, A quick update on another part of being sent because this church new community is sending us uh, into Coeur d'Alene and um, a number of things have happened. We feel overwhelmed in gratitude for the way this community is equipping us to be sent uh, into the Coeur d'Alene community. This last weekend we held a a neighborhood fundraiser, garage sale, barbecue, uh, all the proceeds of which went to um, support Camp Petra, which is a camp we're doing in August for at-risk foster kids. So anywhere from the age of 11 to 12, there'll be 30 to 40 foster kids that we engage in a week-long day camp. Um, We raised in two days through a garage sale and generosity just on our street over $800 um, to support Camp Petra. But what was equally cool was the momentum we got by doing something like that that brought about goodwill in our community so people could hear about what we're doing and about what God is doing and God's message on our street and around the corner and downtown Coeur d'Alene. So we just thank you so much for equipping us and sending us Um, We were called, and now we are being sent, and it's just so beautiful. Um, So the question I would ask for you as we go through this next song, um, do two things. Ask the question to yourself, what does it mean to make disciples? Jesus says that we are to go and to make disciples. What does that mean? And, And then kind of some secondary questions to that. Who are you in relationship that you would say is helping to disciple you? And also, who are you in relationship that you are helping to disciple? Discipling, discipling. Somebody discipling you, you discipling somebody else. What does that look like? So let's sing this next song, uh, and then we're going to enter into a time of um, hearing some other updates from folks and glorifying God. One of the things we learn in this gospel uh, is about God's kingdom and his glory and his power. And so we'll have uh, a moment here after this song to just share some words of God's glory and God's healing. We uh, are going to move into a time of uh, prayer and glorifying God, um, but we do want to hear some more voices. So I'm going to share the mic here. I asked to speak. Um, we've been coming here for about six years and my wife and I are leaving in 10 days which is kind of tough for us um, because it's just really been um, a challenging five or six years um, five years now that we've been married but the church has just meant a lot to us over that time Uh, So looking back over Matthew and kind of what it all meant to us over the past few weeks, um, just kind of reflecting on my life and um, 
since high school kind of struggled with pornography and uh, I think as a teenager you kind of go through that and you think that well once I get married everything will be better um, and it doesn't really necessarily turn out that way um, and on top of that we got pregnant a couple months before we got married so uh, made our marriage just incredibly difficult for the first couple of years um, and Asia and Kathy came alongside us and you guys were just a phenomenal blessing and uh, you really can't express how much you guys meant to us um, and I was reading through Matthew and it talked about uh, before Jesus, well, when Jesus started his ministry, Matthew 4, 23 says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, uh, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and affliction among the people. Um, sorry. And what stuck out to me is just, God came here for us, and he came here to heal. And I think... So often we get caught up in our Christianity and what we're supposed to do and like what God's called us to do and how he's called us to be different and we forget the fact that it's not really about us at all but about entirely what he's done for us. And um, and just the, the power that he has in our life. Um, in addition to that, um, Jesus started his ministry, and before that he gathered the disciples, and not necessarily a plug for small groups, but Jesus modeled fellowship. And I really don't think there's a way to get through our faith without a close group of people, without um, a community around you and the willingness to be open and honest. And and it's really challenging for me because, well, for my life I've decided that I'm not going to let shame, guilt, and fear be a blockade for me. Um, I recognize the sin in my life and I am not ashamed at all because I know that Christ has forgiven me. And and it's so challenging because I think so many times we get caught up and you know people ask us, you know, how are you doing? How's everything with your relationship? And it's so easy to go off and just say, you know, everything's fine and we move on and we have another conversation about things that don't really matter. And and I think that is only the devil's work in preventing us from being close to each other and getting the support that we need and the fellowship that we need. So whether that's small groups, I know Wade and Julie have just been really instrumental for us and a support for us as well, but you need to have some people around. I don't think one style works, but whatever it is, I think you need to find that and you need to be willing to be vulnerable and, and open up. And then just the other thing, um, 
when we, when I, well, when Kelsey told me she was pregnant, um, I was I was 19. Um, I went through a really, really struggled through two weeks. Um, told her not to tell anybody. Um, so one thing I'm embarrassed of, I actually uh, considered abortion. And I look at my son every day and I just thank the Lord that I didn't go that route. And not that Kelsey would have let me, but... One time I know I heard the Lord's voice say that he'd, he'd provide for me. And I wholeheartedly live into that. And I will boast in the Lord because he has provided. And he continues to provide. And uh, and I say that knowing that we're leaving in 10 days. Um, but I just look at Matthew 6, uh, 25, and it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Or, and it goes on about how the Lord's provided for everything. And it says in verse 34, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And... I can't count the ways that the Lord's provided for me over the years. And we're we're leaving in a few days, and I know he's going to continue to provide. But I just ask for a prayer that we'd be patient to wait on the Lord, because while I know that he'll provide for us, it's often a challenge to to wait and to have that that patience, and we often try and think of how we, you know, I'll wait on the Lord, but in the meantime, I'm going to find this, you know, I'm going to figure it out, and so I just pray for patience as we, as we move, and again, I just want to thank you, we want to thank you all for the support that you've been um, for us over the past years. Um, Let's do this, let's, uh, let's stand to our feet. Or your hands, if you're so able. Um, and let's throw out some one-word praises to God. We will um, throw out some words that can be words of thanksgiving or words of need. Uh, one or two sentences. We're not going to run around with a microphone. Just uh, do it where you are. And then we're going to conclude by reciting the Lord's Prayer together. The words will be up on the screens behind us. Uh, and then Kevin will come forward and lead us in communion this morning. So let's enter into a time of prayer and praise and petition and uh, just lead out with those words as you feel led. So as our Lord and King, Lord Jesus, we pray to you with the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. As you could tell, this morning is really about remembering. 
remembering our journey over the past nine months as we've journeyed through the book of Matthew, remembering that as a community we've done this, and so it seems only fitting to end this morning with the Lord's Supper. As Jesus called us to remember him in this act, as he broke the blood or broke the bread and said, This is my body broken for you. As he held up the cup and said, This is my blood spilt for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Too often, I think we just go through the lines and take the elements without really thinking about it. And so I would challenge you this morning sit and think about it. Wrestle with this idea of remembering the Lord. And as you feel led, as you feel ready, stand and take the elements in celebration this morning, in celebration of what he has done, in celebration of who he is, in celebration of the God that we worship. The band will play a couple more songs, and then we can enter into communion.